Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for being with us. The Landscape is brought to you with the support of Delta Dental of Ohio. Find out more at deltadentaloh.com. A subject that seems to be grabbing headlines more than ever these days is that of the criminal justice system, where it's succeeding, where it's falling short, and where reform could help make things better. Our own Cranes reporter Dan Shingler looked into some of the major issues surrounding the system for a series of reports you can now read online at Cranes. Dan, thanks for being with us today to talk about this series. My pleasure, Dan. I'm not quite sure where to start. There's so many different places. There's so many headlines about law enforcement officers overstepping their bounds. And so now there's these issues of consent decrees to put in place to deal with this issue. What do they look like here in Northeast Ohio? Well, the consent decrees, um, that's that's an agreement with the the federal government where we end up with, uh, where we have currently um, the Department of, of Justice kind of in place overseeing uh, police reform uh, efforts that are being made by by others, the city, the department, um, and, and probably most notably the uh, new uh, Civilian Oversight Commission or board that's overseeing the uh, Cleveland police. And then there is a similar uh, commission down in Akron. Uh, it's a little bit uh, further behind. They're just now uh, seating their, their members but um, both of those two things probably are going to have the, the greatest impact on uh, police and community relations, or at least I think that's the, the hope of the people that are behind them. They were both um, put in place, as you probably are aware, by uh, ballot measures, um, which both passed, I believe, with over 60 percent, so like two thirds of, of the citizens in, in both cities, I believe. Um, approve those. So there was a, a really strong appetite for them by the, the citizens on the ground. And in uh, Cleveland, they have what most people would, would say and have told me is, is the most powerful civilian oversight commission in the nation. And that's because it does not have just advisory or recommendation powers as these things have really almost always tended to, to have in the past, meaning that they could look at uh, an incident or a complaint and they could uh, come up with some decision on it. And they would say, well, here's what we think should happen. And then the safety director or the chief of police or the mayor or whomever, depending on, on the instance or even what city you were, you were in, they, they might say, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. We, we need to, to, to do this. We need to take this action to, to change a policy or to discipline an officer or something like that. Um, but sometimes, um, and often it's complained about in, in Cleveland, they, they would take those recommendations and say, eh, we're going to pass. We don't, we don't think this is really a, a very good idea. Well, they don't have that option with the new oversight commission in, in Cleveland because they're, they're not making recommendations. Um, they're, they're handing down orders. So that's, that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see play out. And then in Akron, um, they don't quite have as much power. They are still technically uh, an advisory or um, a recommending agency. But I think given the fact that they were put on the ballot by such an overwhelming uh, majority of people, their recommendations are likely going to be taken more seriously. And, and that, that went on the ballot despite that the mayor, Dan Horrigan, had, was, was pushing for his own oversight commission to be formed and um, 
basically kind of got snubbed by the citizens who said, no, that what you're proposing isn't isn't good enough, isn't strong enough. Um, we, we, we want this, this other thing that they, they voted on. And um, um, as you're also probably aware, uh, Mayor Horican has since announced that he, he won't run for another term. He hasn't specifically said that this is why, but given all that Akron has been through with the Jalen Walker shooting, um, the protests that followed, and now this uh, uh, oversight um, commission being a little bit of a contentious issue between the, the mayor and some parts of council and some, some um, parts of the citizenry, um, you, you have to kind of think these were probably contributing factors to, to him not wanting to, to run again. Um, but I, I, I don't know. So there's, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, and, and the Cleveland Commission is, has already reviewed its first case and um, just recently, just in the last couple of days, has, has said uh, this, this officer um, was somebody who drew a gun and um, there's two sides to whether he pointed the gun at the individual or, or not, but um, drew, drew a gun on what was apparently a, an unarmed um, black man in, in Cleveland. And they're, uh, they're, they're saying, no, he, he should be suspended for 15 days for this. Um, and now we're going to we're going to see how how that plays out. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I think we're going to probably have some some tense moments if, if we're not having one right now. But um, there just seems to be a lot of public sentiment that, you know, this this needs to be done if if, if not long overdue. Um, but. That's not necessarily what the police think. So we'll we'll see how this plays out. We'll get to that in a moment. I'm curious, and you're looking into the situations, what you described. Did that tend to be more of what we found when we talked about issues with the police, those kinds of things? Because you also hear things about things like police lying about what they're doing off-duty or taking advantage of those opportunities, or does it tend to be more of this kind of misuse of power in an arrest situation or, or that kind of thing? Well, I think it's all of the above, and 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 also as we're already seeing with just this most recent case with the the the, the officer who who drew his gun and and is is being uh, uh, potentially suspended, um, we're already seeing how one thing kind of leads to another because as as the 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 commission and other people in the in the well, but the police started looking into that. Well, they came out and said, hey, you know, this 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 unit has not been filing its its uh, uh, camera videos um, like like they're supposed to be. Um, and, you know, this is a, a, a policy violation that, that potentially leads to, to more problems on the street. Um, so it's 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 not one or the other. It's 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 going to be both these the uh, obviously the high profile incidents of, of, of somebody getting hurt, um, a, a violent incident or a gun being used. Those those get all the attention, and um, if the first one is to be a, a, a an illustration of what's to come, are, are going to get to this um, uh, civilian board pretty pretty quickly. But some of the other things, like finding out, you know, if a unit is violating policy, kind of as a matter of course, are, are probably going to take more time. But will come out of these other investigations. You mentioned this issue of how officers are reacting, and you'll often hear people who are critics of these kinds of commissions say, well, it's easy to sit behind a desk and talk about how a police officer should react, but if you're the one getting out of the car at midnight when it's raining and you have to go up to a car with tinted windows, you might have a different opinion about how a police officer reacts. How are the officers reacting? Um, well, and, and and even some judges have, have kind of told me there's some truth to that. 
um, scenario that you're describing. But the uh, the the police, uh, at, at least in Cleveland, where where the the, the efforts to oversight oversight efforts are um, kind of the the most serious or heavy handed, depending on who you talk to, I guess. Um, but um, the the union says. Jeff Fulmer, head of the, the Patrolmen's Association, they represent, you know, kind of the, the rank and file officers. Um, he, he says that he doesn't think there's a single single cop on the beat that supports this uh, oversight. Um, and he, he says it's dangerous. Um, his, his, he maintains that, you know, this is going to cause officers to, to, to hesitate when they don't have time to hesitate in potentially life-threatening situations. And he says he worries that it's going to end up with, you know, his officers or other people um, being, being hurt. And he also says it's, it's, it's going to make it harder to, to keep people on, on the force. And we have a, a big um, kind, of a, kind, of, kind, of, kind of like the baby boom goes through the demographic uh, as, a, as a, you know, lump in the snake, a big bubble. Um, there's, a, there's a big bubble of cops that were hired back in the 90s when you know there was a big push on and anti-crime sentiments were were high that's when you know you had um even people like joe biden and 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 other democrats using terms like super predators for for, to describe uh young black men that were involved in the crack epidemic and so forth well we hired a lot of cops then and um fulmer says that you know those those guys are all coming up on 20 25 years they, they can retire when, whenever they want. And according to him, this is going to make a lot more of them retire. Um, now, as someone else told me, that's his job is to say things like that <laughs> and, and, and protect the, the police. And, and, it, and it actually was a retired police officer, uh, a fellow named uh, uh, Richard Jackson, that was very involved in, in getting the oversight board um, instituted. He, he, he helped write issue 24, um, the, the ballot measure that, that got it put in place. And he will tell you that, or at least has told me that, you know, obviously he was in, in favor of oversight and that other police uh, call him and have expressed their support as well. Um, now, I couldn't find a cop to talk to me to tell me that, but as he and others have told me, there's just too much pressure inside most police forces for a cop to come out and say, yeah, I'm in favor of the oversight if the majority of the officers are, are not. So it's, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a challenge. Um, one thing that, that uh, uh, Mr. Jackson uh, said that he was disappointed with was that um, he, he said he envisioned the, um, the, the new oversight um, commission as, as having some police representation. Um, and, and, and he says that not because he, he thinks that there should be somebody there to, you know, excuse or even to rationalize their behavior so much as he says you, you need buy-in. You know, I mean, if you don't have buy-in from the police, this is, this is really going to be difficult and not impossible to do. And he thinks that having someone on the board would, would help with the buy-in element of that. So um, stay tuned. There's, there's going to be a, 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 lot, a lot to see. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. With offices in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Dublin, Delta Dental of Ohio is proud to be an industry leader in dental benefits. Together with our customers, providers, and employees, we build a higher standard of oral health care in our communities. And we are more than dental. 
At Delta Dental of Ohio, we work with entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers who are committed to improving the health and well-being of all Buckeyes. Together, we are building healthy, smart, vibrant communities for all. Cranes reporter Dan Shingler joins us today for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. Dan, one of the things that doesn't get mentioned very often, and I doubt this is one of the driving reasons we have these kinds of oversight commissions, is the issue of cost. And when I say cost, you'll hear about these high-profile cases where the police are found negligent in their duty, and all of a sudden the city finds itself paying out millions of mm-hmm. dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I, that probably wasn't a driving reason, but is, that some, some, is there some thought given to that? That's why we might need um, something like this? I, I, I don't think it is a driving reason on the part of the, the citizens and, and you know the Black Lives Matters and other groups that have pushed for, for this oversight and this reform. I, I don't think that's necessarily um, a big part of, of, of their rationale. And, and, and I don't even think it's a big part of their rationale when they say defund the police. They're, they're not saying defund the police to save money for a city budget, they're, they're saying defund the police because it's been over militarized and it's using those funds, um, you know, in ways that they don't think are appropriate. So, so on that side, not so much, but you know, on the, on the people that, that, that hire and oversee the police, the counties and the cities, I, I, I think certainly they're, they're looking at cost. And um, while I didn't really get into this in, in the story too much, but there's this kind of two sides to this cost issue. Um, and I'm not sure anyone has figured out the, the, the proper equation for it. But clearly, if, if, if you can avoid, you know, incidents, incidents like, like Jalen Walker's and, and others that we've seen, um, you can also avoid the big multi-million dollar payouts that we've seen um, as a result of, of civil actions following these shootings. And, you know, let's face it, I mean, it doesn't take a, a whole lot of million dollars to, to pay for a few cops for, for a year. They, they, aren't, they aren't making that much money. Um, but the other side of this is, is that I'm not saying the oversight is, but the current situation as a whole, including the oversight, including the shootings, all of it is, is making it more difficult, particularly for cities um, big cities that, you know, they tend to have more, more violent incidences, more, more, more crime, maybe not per person, but just because they're, they're, they're bigger. They, they have um, a, a more dynamic environment to police in, I guess you might say. Um, they, they are having a lot of difficulty, um, some of them, most of them, h- hiring and, and, and finding cops, um, new, 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 getting their, their academies uh, filled. Um, I, I talked to, like, well, I talked to um, both both the current chief Wayne Drummond and, and Richard Jackson. They they went through the uh, uh, police academy um, between 20 and 25 years ago, I think both, and and they both told me. I said I said I said how big was your your academy class? And they, and both of them said, oh, I think we had, we had we had 5,000 plus athletes. Oh my gosh! When, when, when I when I uh, when I went through the academy class today, 25, 80. I mean. You know, if, if they got 200, they 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 would throw a party. Mm. Um, that's that's pretty stark. I mean, from, yeah, sure. you know, grant, granted, the city is a little smaller than it than it was 25 years ago in, in terms of population, but it isn't that much smaller. Um, so, as a and, and as a result, these these cities are having to pay more for their salaries. You know, Cleveland has already. Um, and uh, uh, had had some salary increases. So has Akron. Um, police would say they were just a long time coming. 
um, and and even more overdue in the inflationary environment that we've seen. But they 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 are paying more for 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 cops for for whatever reason. So how does that balance out, right? I mean, if you're if you're paying like in the case of the the Cleveland Police Department, twelve or thirteen hundred cops, and you raise the pay eleven percent. Well, how much does that equal? And then how many, how many, and, and, you know, let's, let's, I don't want to be callous and, and just look at it through this lens, but we are right now. How, how many shooting incidents and payouts related to those incidents do you need to avoid to equal that cost? Right. And I don't know if anybody has an answer to that question, but my point being one balances out the other. So, so if, 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 if you, if you do increase the salaries for cops, Yes, some people are going to say, oh, well, you know, we, we, we can't afford that. But I don't think it's a zero sum. If you do that, arguably, you are saving on, on the other end. And, and, and people also hope that this new oversight will, will mean that, you know, we, we don't get cops that come in there just because they're looking for, for power and, you know, permission to be bullies, um, what, what, what the cops call cowboys. Maybe maybe we'll get more thoughtful, dare I say, compassionate people to to to, to want to be police, um, and and maybe that will also um, help solve or or tamp down the the police uh, violence and 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 just the mistrust. Because you know what what really jumped out at me as I wrote this story was, I mean, it doesn't matter who you talk to. They want the same thing. I mean, you you could talk to the most anti-oversight cop, and you could talk to the to the most energized Black Lives Matter organizer, and they'll tell you they want the same thing. What do you want? Safety, security. Um, I want the police to respect me, or the community to respect me, just depending on who's talking. But they'll both say, "Yeah, I want mutual respect." Going going both ways. Everyone has the same goal. There's such disagreement on what we need to do to, to get there. And it's 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 kind of both the saddest thing that, that it struck me as I reported this, but it's also the most hopeful thing, you know, because it, if, if you don't all want the same thing, it's kind of hard to get different things. But if you want the same thing, hopefully we can find a, a common way to get to it. Finally, let me ask you, you know, we demand so much of police officers. We used to think Indeed. of them, you're a law enforcement officer. Now you're expected to be a, a social worker and you're expected to be a mental health professional. And I realize they're trained to deal with these situations. But going to break up a domestic violence case is one thing. That's a big yeah. thing to put on somebody who's not a, who's not a mental health counselor. And, and, and we're seeing some progress there. We're seeing um, progress. Um, the county is now running a diversion center. Um, that um, seeks to uh, take um, people that are really involved with the criminal justice system because of a mental health issue um, and a judge rules that, you know, look, they don't need to go to jail. They're not a, they're not a danger. They need they need help. Um, and um, I, I talked to um, um, Judge Russo at the county. He, he, he enjoys very much, as, as, as he put it, he says, it's a good day when I can send someone to diversion. Um, instead of to the to the jail. Um, so things like that seem to be helping. Um, we're also starting to see where we're embedding social workers um, with police departments. Sometimes they ride with officers. More often, it seems they will kind of be on call and um, they, they will go to 
this, the, the call and, and meet, meet the officer. Um, and, and that kind of has two reasons. I mean, it avoids, it avoids them being with the officer all the time when they don't need to be or even potentially in risky situations that they don't need to be in. But it also means that they get to roll up in, you know, a Ford Fusion that's, you know, light blue right. <laughs> and, and, and some woman gets out of it in a pink coat. Yeah, it's as, not so threatening. As a, as a, you know, yeah, as, a, as opposed to a black and white roll it up with, you know, blues and twos and two guys get out with bulletproof vest on and very large pistols strapped to their, to their chest. I mean, they, they, they're probably still going to be there, but that social worker doesn't want that stigma attached to them. They want to be able to come in there totally you know civilian um and and that that's uh i think at least uh, from the from the police of the people with the police and the social workers and mental health people that i've talked with is is helping to to de-escalate and and also you know these social workers will tell you like i talked to one at shaker um shaker heights which is you know not a tiny city but not a not not like a borough of new york or anything either and as you might expect, some of the people with mental health issues that end up dealing with uh, the law enforcement or the criminal justice system, uh, they they end up doing it more than once. So so sometimes she goes to somebody, you know, on a police call, uh, and, and there's a mental health element to it, and and she already knows the person, um, and and that that's that's also very helpful. But mostly, it's just having someone there who understands mental health, you know, they didn't just get the bare minimum training that a police officer got to prevent a shooting. They've got real mental health um, training and, and, and education and experience to, to, to bring to bear. And, and they also, you know, they're not there to be cops, but at least in some cases, apparently makes the police interaction more productive because, you know, they can talk to somebody with a mental health issue Get them calmed down. Tell them that the officer does need to ask them some questions and and put it into context so that they don't feel threatened by it. And you know, and and then the officer actually can have a productive conversation, whereas previously th- those were those were more difficult and, and more rare. So so those are those are good things that we're that we're seeing. And and I, I'm, I, we probably need to see more of it. But you know, we're, we're, we're learning what works and what doesn't. Dan, it's going to be interesting how all this plays out. Thanks for sharing some information about the pieces you've written for Cranes. Always a pleasure to have you. Oh, my pleasure, Dan. Dan Shingler joined us today. He's written a series of articles about criminal justice reform. You can read them at cranescleveland.com. Dan joined us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We are presented with support of Delta Dental of Ohio. There's more info at deltadentaloh.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon.